Hey, I'm Jody, And I'm Anna. Welcome to Let's Be Real Podcast. Where we talk about why our stories matter and how Jesus is for us. We believe that God created us for a purpose, which gives meaning to everything that we go through. When we share our stories, we can bring hope and help to others. We hope you'll join us. Welcome to another episode of Let's Be Real. I'm Jody, And I'm Anna. And today we have two special guests. We've got Christy Severe and Mona Kabler. Welcome, you guys. We're so excited to have you, both of you, here today. Mm-hmm. We're, we're happy to be here. Yes, thanks for having us. Why don't you guys take a turn, introduce yourself so they can hear what your voices sound like so that in our conversation they know who's talking. Sure. I, hi, I'm Christy Severe, and yeah. I'm happy to be here. And then Mona. And I'm Mona Kavler, and I'm happy to be here, too. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Tell us about yourself. Sure. Um, I am married to Chris, and we've been married. We just had our 19-year anniversary. Wow. We have um, three kids um, who, um, two are still at home. Um, Ethan is 18, and Andre is 11. And... um, we just got a puppy, so I'm a little bit crazed, <laughs> crazed right now. Um, but yeah, that's us. And I'm Mona Kavler, and I'm married to my husband, James Adams. I have one daughter and two grandsons, and we have a foster 16-year-old that lives with us and a 18-year-old that aged out of the foster care system who is kind of in a transitional spot right now. How did you guys get connected? How did y'all meet? So um, Mona and I met because um, Fostering Hope actually started as an event. Um, It was almost four years ago and I got a call one day and um, was asked, hey, uh, can you come help plan this event? We want to share with people how they can be involved in the foster care community. And I said, of course, because at that point um, I had fostered, adopted, and was Um, didn't really know where God was leading me but knew that um, my time in foster care wasn't done but it wasn't going to be as a foster parent anymore I Mm -hmm. sometimes identify my boundaries and um, so I said yes helped plan the event it went great Um, at the registration table um, this woman comes up and says hi I'm Mona Um, I can only be here for about an hour because I'm about to go board a boat and go on a cruise, but I didn't want to miss this. And that's how we met. (laughs) That was cool. Awesome. So you guys both help lead a ministry we have here at Crosspoint called Fostering Hope. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. And it's it's not just us. Um, There's a lot of moving parts and a lot of important people in Fostering Hope. Um, Mona and I had the privilege of being there from day one. Uh, but Amy leads the closet. Renee Malachewski serves with us daily, helping with CWAP. And there's been 450 nights where dinner has been taken to kids living in hotels. So that's a whole lot of people who Yo, Just back up a second, just mm-hmm. in case someone doesn't know, why don't you yeah. explain the CWAP? Sure. CWAP, um, as far as the state of Texas is concerned, is, stands for Child Without Placement. As far as we are concerned, it stands for Christ Will Offer Provision. We even made a logo because it's, it's that official. Um, and so um, children in CWAP um, literally have nowhere to go. There's no foster home, residential treatment center, there's nowhere for them to go. And um, historically they slept and lived in CPS offices. Uh, and last September, 
Texas legislation was passed that um, no longer allows kids in foster care to sleep in offices for extended periods of time. It mm -hmm. still happens, but it, it no longer can happen for weeks on end. Yeah. Um, and so CPS has moved that group of children into local hotels. So um, all around the city of Pearland, um, uh, CPS travels from hotel to hotel with as many as 10 kids living in Pearland hotels. Wow, and so then we're able to come and provide them a meal that's typically home cooked that they can, we can love on them in that way. It can be home cooked, it can be door dashed, it can be anything in between. We've had everything from pizza delivery to like made from scratch, amazing dinners that I wanna go over and join. <laughs> um, we've even taken them out to dinner a couple of times and um, had CPS bring the kids and meet us. Um, Grazia Italian Kitchen hosted us one night for dinner with the kids. Um, we took them for Thanksgiving dinner to Kelly's um, mm. this last year. Um, so yeah, we do all kinds of things. Our, our mops group here at Pearland threw a Valentine's party in mm. February for the kids in the lobby of the hotel. Um, so that was a lot of fun too. That's just awesome. try to, we just try to make sure that the kids know um, we see you, we love you, Jesus loves you, mm. and um, we, they often, they call us the ladies from the church, and um, they often ask us, why, why are y'all so nice to us? And it gives us a really great opportunity to tell them, because I love Jesus, mm -hmm. and Jesus loves you, and I love you, and um, so we're happy, we're happy to be here. And, right. So we take dinner every night, and um, we do their laundry, we get them clothing items, shoes, whatever, um, workers came when we did the back-to-school bash at the closet and collected backpacks and clothing some of the kids came with them but if somebody needs you know a shirt or something specific for school or if they show up and they don't have anything then we round up clothing for them and take it over there whatever we can do to try to make them feel a little more like a normal mm -hmm. Kiddo. What is the age age range of the typical child that is in CWAP and that you've They are answered? predominantly teenagers. I think the youngest we've seen was ten. Nine or ten. Nine or ten, but um, we really hate. Well, we hate that it even exists. But yeah. seeing the little ones is harder. But a lot of them are young to young teenagers to up to seventeen ish. Yeah, that's a hard phone call to get. Um, when a nine or 10 year old asks their caseworker, because the kids tell each other about the ladies from the church. So okay. word gets out with the kids. Somebody says, well, I don't have underwear. And another kid says, tell your worker to call the ladies from the church. Um, and so when a nine or 10 year old asks their caseworker to call the ladies from the church because he's bored and he doesn't have any toys and can we bring toys over to, oh my gosh. Yeah. to the hotel, um, then that's when you see us, you know, at any hour of the day or night over here taking bags of things out of the closet and yeah. heading to the Holiday Inn or wherever mm -hmm. the kids might be at that time, um, you know, so they can play basketball in the parking lot or right. play a board game with their caseworker. Um, so when they see you guys, they know good things are coming. <laughs> <laughs> well, yep, yes. in general, that's true. Yes, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, but they also, I think that, um, I hope that they also know um, that there's like a healthy boundary there that we're not, 
we're not here to be taken advantage of, but we love you and we want to make sure that your needs are met and we will sit and talk and pray and, um, you know, make sure you know, that, that they know that they're loved. But yeah. Um, you know, when they start asking for crazy things, then they know we're going to say no. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's good. And that's important. Mm-hmm. It's important for both sides to have that boundary. They know. Well, and it's important for them to try to learn what a relationship is because mm-hmm. they really don't know. Mm-hmm. For them, relationships are transactional. So I think just the fact that we know their names, mm-hmm. that they know that when they see us walk in that we're gonna hug them if they want to hug that we know who they are and we know some things about them it isn't just about what can you bring me right yeah 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 so i want to back up for a second because i know y'all do amazing work through CWAF, but i also know that's kind of under the umbrella of what we call fostering hope Mm -hmm. so can we take a second to explain maybe mona can you tell us what is fostering hope Well, Fostering Hope was started, as Christy said, about four years ago as a wraparound support system for foster families, CPS workers, and kids in care. Mm -hmm. And when we started, we really weren't sure exactly what that was going to look like. And we kind of started out just if somebody said, we've got a kid that needs clothes. Sometimes we were running to Walmart. Sometimes we were putting out a post and running to somebody's house that said, mm-hmm. I've got clothes my kids have outgrown and grabbing those and um, taking them to the family. Um, then we got really brave and decided we were going to do Parents' Night Out, which we <laughs> thought was like the scariest adventure. And now that seems kind of mundane. Well, <laughs> you made a really scared face, Christy. Yeah. <laughs> when the first registration that we got for our first Parents' Night Out in the comments, we leave in a a space for parents to make a comment about every child because uh-huh. maybe we need to know X, Y, or Z about the child. Mm-hmm. And the first child that was registered, the first comment was, um, she likes to run, period. Not like down the hall, comma, like down the road, period. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh boy. Yeah. So, so just to that. clarify, parents lie out is that parents of foster kids can bring their kids so yes. they can get a break. Right. Yes. Yes. Because as a, uh, if you are a foster parent, your mom can't babysit for you. Your neighbor can't babysit for you unless they've been licensed um, to do so. And so, especially for families that don't have certified babysitters available, um, something like a parents' night out is really important. Um, and the reason that we can do that here is because church is an exception to that rule so that kids in care can go to Sunday school. Um, but that exception also allows us to do things like parents' night out. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah, so we started out doing things like that, trying to meet needs as they arose, hosting parents' night out, but just doing things to make the families feel supported and recognized. Yeah. And um, and then COVID hit, mm. and we had to really shift gears from how we were thinking about doing things. And then somewhere along the way in there, we also ended up with the Heart Gallery, which is um, a mobile gallery of canvas photos, which you've probably seen in the church lobby before, Mm -hmm. that are children who are um, available for adoption who are waiting to find a home. So we we had borrowed the gallery for 
stand Sunday and noticed it looked kind of dated and tattered and asked if there was something we could do to help with that. And somehow we ended up in charge of it. So, <laughs> with a um, contract and all. Yeah. Wow. So, that's, so that's another piece of what we do as part of Fostering Hope is we coordinate volunteer photographers and go and take photos of, ch- of the children who are waiting for families. Mm-hmm. We were p- participating in a fall festival in October. Uh, we have a match meeting here at the church, which is where families who have already been licensed come to review files and photos of children waiting to be adopted. Um, we're doing that here at the church on September 28th. Mm-hmm. And so there is, uh, Fostering Hope is a multifaceted yeah. entity. <laughs> Y'all are doing a lot. Yeah. We're doing a lot. (laughs) Yeah. For God's glory to reach families and to reach kids who are not, who need extra support and need to be, know that they're loved by God. And it's really cool to see all the different ways that you can show up in our community and all the opportunities that you have for people to jump in. It's Mm -hmm. not the Christy, Amy, Mona show. It is led by y'all, but your team is so big and they're, ready to jump in and there's a lot of people a lot of opportunities for people to serve by just like buying something off of your amazon list maybe they don't Mm -hmm. have a couple of hours to help but to sort through donations or whatever it might be but you can help in that way or i love that there's just different places for everyone to jump in taking a meal yeah Mm -hmm. is such a huge thing but it's also a really easy thing to do yeah you know you can be cooking dinner for your family and just double it and make a pan, an extra pan of food. And you just showed Jesus to kids who were sleeping in Pearland hotels. Mm-hmm. So I, I always, um, God tells us that caring for the orphan is our responsibility as Christians and mm-hmm. as the church. And so I always tell people, whatever gift God gave you, we can put to work for caring for the orphan. Mm-hmm. So if you sew, if you cook, um, if you bake, if you organize, if you um, are, you know, have the love language of gifts or um, whatever it might be, we, um, you know, we can, we can find a way. A photographer, you know, a photographer mm-hmm. might not have ever thought I have a place in the foster care community, but yeah. they do. Website, we, we had to build a website for the Heart Gallery. And so someone who was gifted in website building um, donated their time to build that website for us. And so there's... If you have, if God gave you a spiritual gift, which he did because he gave everybody one, Mm -hmm. then it can be used to help in the foster care community. And we are happy to help figure, help everybody figure out how to plug in that way. Mm -hmm. And the best way that they could contact you to do that would be? They can always contact um, us, um, email fosteringhope at crosspointchurch.tv. They can jump on our Facebook group, which is Fostering Hope at Cross. Fostering Hope at Cross Point Church. Um, there we post uh, all of our events. When the foster closets open, um, just uh, our Amazon link for donations, all, anything that we have going on, we try every month to put one very easy to follow post up on the Facebook page so that it has everything that you might need, um, whether it's signing up to bring dinner for CWAP, signing up to help do laundry, mm-hmm. signing up to work in the closet, um, donating, buying from the wish list. It's all there in one big post every month so that's perfect yeah so I want to know 
I know you said, Christy, that we all, God has given us this command to find a way to help serve our widows and orphans in our community. Mm -hmm. But besides that, why are you two so passionate about this? I know that you are, but where, where did it where did it start? Like, how did God birth this in you guys that this is how you make a difference? I mean, it definitely wasn't. I'm going to make this giant ministry overnight. Like, that's not where it started. It, no. it was in your homes, and it was like I know you guys both have experience with foster care. It was a lot of um, a lot of really scary prayers, and a lot of sacrifice, and a lot of tears, and a lot of waking up and saying, "Okay, Lord." I'm yours, where are we going today? Um, but in my house, it started when um, Chris and I always agreed that we would foster and adopt. And we kind of got to a point where we thought that was it was time for our family, our kids. Our youngest at that point was in third grade, and so we felt like they were at a manageable spot. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody could wipe their own butts and you know bathe themselves. <laughs> that's a major step. Yes, that's a huge step. Um, and I apologize for anyone who doesn't have kids because you probably didn't want to hear that. Um, <laughs> but uh, we decided it was time for us to start the process. We did what any smart person would do. We Googled how to be a foster parent in Texas um, and couldn't figure it out. We landed on the Department of Family and Protective Services website. We would click, 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 and um, we looked together, we looked individually, and we got so frustrated that we said, God's just going to have to tell us when it's time, oh, because wow. this this is ridiculous. They shouldn't make it so hard, um, which is funny in retrospect, because God's funny. Um, six months later, the phone rang. Um, it was a Sunday night. I was packing to go on a business trip. Um, it was about 10 or 11 o'clock at night. Um, a cousin that I didn't normally talk to called me and said, um, you know, our grandma's sister, and she like went down this whole lineage of our family to <laughs> got to a place where I didn't even recognize people or <laughs> names or anything. Um, and she said, well, there's a child who's in foster care and you are the last person that we're going to call before he's released into an unkinship related, an, a non-related placement. Oh, wow. And so... I hung up the phone and Chris was across the room and as you can imagine he was like what was that about <laughs> um, and I looked at him and I said God just said it's time and that's how it started for us mm. and um, foster care is one of the things that once you know you can't unknow mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. once you know that you know kids sleep in offices and kids show up with nothing I mean you know somewhere deep inside that kids get abused and neglected sometimes, but the things that happen even after Mm -hmm. removal, um, you just, you can't unknow. And I knew that we were not in a position to add more children in our home, um, but God wasn't done with me yet. And so I just kind of made it my mission to educate myself and to Mm -hmm. know as much. So I just started consuming information about foster care um, then I started, uh, I decided to get off social media and then I said, hold on, this is my only platform. And so I started using social media as a way to share information about foster care, um, which is why I got the phone call about helping to plan the event at the church because people, somebody said, I always see you sharing things about foster care. Can yeah. you come help us plan this event? And so, what about you, Mona? Well, I had done service work all my life and um, had been serving the homeless for many years. And when this event came up, I just um, 
thought, you know what, maybe it's time for me to focus in another area. And so I showed up at the event and that that was it. And, and I ruined been, her life. <laughs> <laughs> he took over. And it's been um it's been pretty crazy. I mean at this point I wouldn't even begin to guess what's next. Yeah. I mean, I've just decided that I'll say yes until until. Mm-hmm. So probably for anything that Christy was hesitant on, I would say we can do that. <laughs> she would be logical and I would say we can do that. Yeah. And so so we're doing it. <laughs> well, I love y'all's testimony of <laughs> of obedience, of just stepping of continuing to say yes and to be listening for his voice and to say yes to hard things. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. If someone was listening that maybe is tentative is of the unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, the sacrifice that it takes, maybe they're a little afraid of what would actually be asked of them. Mm-hmm. You know, because sometimes I think we say we say no because we don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. And um, what would you say to someone to kind of encourage them to step out, no, no matter what it is that God's asking them? It could be it could be anything. It doesn't have to be fostering hope, but maybe they feel a stirring that they need to go and make a difference somewhere in some area. And they're a little tentative about that, or they're not unsure where to start. Or What I would say is if you say yes and step into it, you'll, you'll never see God more present in your life than when you say yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, we both have seen God so present through this entire journey, and... Um, I don't think that everybody is ready to take as big a step as we have, but I would say if you're not afraid to just say yes, even if it's a little yes, that he will show himself to you Mm -hmm. and confirm to you that that you're doing the right thing. And it's never as scary, usually, (laughs) as you think it's going to be. Mm -hmm. Um, Uh, You touched on something that I want to touch. I'll go back to you said that. It strengthens your faith. Mm-hmm. How have you seen saying yes and stepping out strengthen your faith and your walk with God? Mm-hmm. He shows up. I mean, when you go into the unknown and when you are obedient, He shows up. And um, God has never been more tangible to me. What do you mean by that? When we said yes to bringing a child into our home, mm-hmm. my youngest was in third grade. I didn't have things for a baby, for a toddler, um, and I would walk by my front door. I walked by my front door, and there were bags of clothes, oh, brand new clothes. Yeah. Um, I walked by my front door, and there was a dresser. It, he he answered us through every step of the foster care journey as foster parents, um, and just showed up in ways that I can't even. Right. I, I just um, I can't even articulate because it's just so you just have to say yes and do it yeah. um, because the experience is something that um, I don't know I guess I would have to sit down and think a really long time about how to articulate it but he just no, keeps I think showing you did up. a great job I, I do want to touch on I know in any kind of ministry but um, I can imagine with fostering children and teenagers there's heartbreak oh. and there's disappointment 
how have you seen your faith in God and how he's brought and been tangible to you in, uh, in some areas walk through you in those dark, disappointing and hurtful times? There are times that I am so angry. Mm. Um, I leave the hotel sometimes after seeing the kids in Seawop and I'm, I'm just, I'm angry and I'm crying and I'm just like, how can this happen? Like, mm. how is this even possible? Um, but I know, I'm so thankful that we're there. We're there to show them Jesus. Yeah. We're there, um, you know, to just be his hands and feet. And they perceive that. Um, and some days it's so hard that I tell myself, just take the next step. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Often. I mm -hmm. often tell myself, just take the next step. Yeah. Just send the next email. Mm -hmm. Just plan the next meeting. Just do, just do the one next thing. Um, and some days it's all I can handle is mm -hmm. the one next thing because it is hard. Um, and then there are you know, days that you see, you just, you see um, a kid that you met in Seawalk get baptized, hmm. which is what we saw here a couple of weeks ago. And uh, that mountaintop is so high. And you think about God in heaven watching and, you know, just what that really means mm -hmm. and how um, that can mean generations yeah, if change is broken yep. mm -hmm. and change that's been created, mm -hmm. because two crazy women said yes, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. like, um, and and so it is um, it is hard and um, messy, messy, mm -hmm. um, and so rewarding and so beautiful, um, and and I just. Um, yeah, there are valleys for sure, yeah. but there are also mountaintops, and um, just getting through each of those, it, you just get this. You you start to just cling to your reliance on God, and yeah. just knowing, just knowing when it's hard that God has there's good in all of it, mm -hmm. and it, it will all work together for His good yeah. somehow, even if I don't see it or understand it. Um, and then when you do get the mountaintop moments and you get to see something really beautiful, mm -hmm. it just reminds you why you cling to that in the valleys. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Did you want to add anything to that, Ms. Well, Mona? I'll add something that isn't quite as emotional as that. But um, <laughs> when, um, you know, a couple of years ago, we kept being approached from different angles about having a closet. Um, and and I kept saying no. And Christy oh. kept saying no, no, no. And it was really nothing that either one of us felt like met our skill set. And then God brought us Amy. And you know mm -hmm. what? She loves it, and she does an amazing job. And and we serve so many families and mm -hmm. kids. And it has been a huge blessing to a whole lot of people and it's totally run on donations and volunteers and that's not quite as gut-wrenching as Christie's version but it was a huge thing <laughs> and it was you know we were like we don't want to do a closet yeah and God brought us Amy and that is her thing and yeah. we are incredibly thankful for her and her gift and that we have that resource available yeah the, the funny thing about it is that 
people kept saying, we need a closet, you need a closet, you need a closet. And um, it was like, no, that is so much work. You have no idea how much work that is. And um, then when COVID hit, we started, people needed clothes and things and they didn't want to leave the house. And so people, so we started taking donations and washing them and posting them. And so I would like post on our Facebook group, here's a collection of size 10, 12 girls clothes. Does anybody need it? And someone would say, I do. And they would come grab it and take it off my porch. And I was like, okay, that's manageable. We can do that. Uh, but we're still not going to have a closet. This isn't a closet. <laughs> we're not going to have a closet. Um, and yeah, we then, had a little storage. And so then, we had little yeah. dressers and headboards and things like <laughs> yeah. that. But and we're not going to have a closet. We're not going to have a closet. <laughs> and then um, First Baptist Church called from down the street. And Aaron Clift called and said, I have a baby closet at First Baptist Church, and we are moving to College Station. Can I gift all of this to your ministry? Oh, wow. And I said, okay, we have a closet. Lord. <laughs> okay, Lord, I hear you. We need to have a closet. <laughs> Isn't it so funny, though, how God gives you that one next step? He's not going to give you the next step until you take that step of obedience. Right. And once you're able to take that first baby step, He's going to reveal more to you of what He's already planned and prepared for who knows how long in advance. But He, we have to be obedient to that, that first mm-hmm. submission. This yeah, this all started, I think I think because I could have this wrong. I think because Caitlin Allen heard some statistics about our local foster care community, and brought them back here to church, and that's how they decided to have the event. And this whole thing started because one person's heart broke for what breaks God's, yeah. and someone said, "Hey, Christy, can you help us plan an event?" That's that that is that one that you know mm-hmm. that yes is what started this whole mess. Mm-hmm. I remember I sitting down, I guess it was four years ago, sitting down because I help with life groups. So mm-hmm. I got to be a part of a meeting where we were talking to, um, I guess like people who represent uh, like different childcare workers and representing the need in Brazoria County because they were like, okay, well maybe life groups could get involved. And so you and your husband came to that first event. Yes. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, but we had a meeting in Tom's office where we were talking and we were just talking about the statistics and stuff. And I remember Adam saying, well, we're going to have an event and we're just going to see what happens. Like, we're not saying we're going to be like the fostering church. I'm just saying we're going to have an event and uh, see what happens and see what God brings from this. And man, it's amazing to see what all he's done. What did you say? 400 plus meals? 450. Oh, about 450. And the closet countless people and mm-hmm. it's just so exciting to see how God shows up so big with this just the one little yes yes exactly <laughs> yep. I think that's pretty amazing he's faithful he is faithful yes yeah and these are his kids yeah everyone has <laughs> kids that's for sure yeah yeah that's so good is there anything else that you guys wanted to share I, I wanted to also share that um, we also have a monthly support group that meets for foster, adoptive, and kinship care families. Um, And I want to share that in anyone who might be listening who is a foster, adopter, kinship family or who knows a foster, adopt, kinship family um, to please join us the first Thursday of every month. We meet from 6 to 8 o'clock in the foster closet. Um, This journey is too hard to go it alone. Mm. Um, And your neighbors don't 
understand what you're going through and your family doesn't always understand what you're going through and there is real power and comfort um, when you sit with other people who have caseworkers coming in and out of their home and kids coming in and out of their home and you're grieving because a child you thought you were going to adopt got reunified with their biological families. Um, and so I would just like to just take a moment and just encourage any family who's walking in that not to do it alone mm-hmm. and um, to be as, you don't have to lay it all out, but just don't, don't do it alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and the beautiful thing about the support group is that that's a safe, confidential place um, to come and to share and to be supported. And um, we started the support group because after the closet opened, we saw day after day after day, uh, parent, foster adopt parents coming in just because they needed to talk. Oh. They didn't need diapers. They didn't need clothes. They needed to cry mm. with somebody who understood. Mm-hmm. And so um, just if you're walking this road, don't do it alone. Yeah. Mm. Bring, let, let somebody... Who's who who's been there and is doing it? Come with you. Yeah, that's beautiful. And if they want information, they can go. Church. They can go on our Facebook page. Facebook, they yeah. can just show up. They can okay. show up the first Thursday at six o'clock. Um, you don't have to make reservations or sign up. You can just come, um, <clears throat> and they can always email, call, private message, smoke signals. <laughs> we take it all. <laughs> You'll find them. Yeah, and I would say too that if anyone is interested, if they think they might be interested in either becoming a foster or adoptive parent or being a babysitter or respite care giver, that they can contact us and we can point them in the right direction um, and answer whatever questions that we can. Uh, if they're, if those are, is that something that they feel compelled yeah, or think that they might be interested in doing? Because even being a babysitter is, you know, it's such a relief if somebody can have a date night mm-hmm. or go to Target on a Saturday mm-hmm. afternoon and, you know, somebody can watch the kids for a few hours. It's a huge help, just like it is for anybody, but maybe elevated another level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 400. Yeah. 400. <laughs> well, thank you guys for sharing your heart personally, but also for the heart of this ministry. and for all of the sacrifices that you've done and how you were just meeting these kids, sorry. <laughs> you know, in a real tangible way and showing them Jesus is just beautiful. Thank we you cry that. every day, it's yeah. okay. <laughs> well, we did talk about some really hard stuff today, but we have a couple of harder questions. You're not the hook yet. Okay. Yeah. It is called Let's Be Real. Iced tea or hot tea? Iced tea. Uh, Iced tea. What about you, Christy? Iced tea. Well, either, either. Yeah. I don't want to choose. I just like tea. You are always this way. You always get (laughs) two. I can't because they're good. They're both good. I don't know why I have to. Depends on the circumstances. You really don't have to. I don't want to. Oh goodness. I like both, but I think I like cold better. How about you, Christy? Uh, Radio or television? Mm. Uh, Does people listen to the radio anymore? No, I don't. I, <laughs> I do, mean, but I think I'm because I'm old. <laughs> I just like noise. Like yeah. I just I I always have the TV on or I have the radio on. There are times 
when I will like have need quiet time. But for the most part, I just I like noise, so I don't really care what it is. Um, I love like when I grocery shop. I love to listen to Bob Goff podcast. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Um, and so if we classify podcasts as radio, then I'm a radio person. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Yeah, if I'm home by myself doing things, either music is on or the TV's on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've really gotten into listening to audiobooks. And oh, yeah. oh yeah, I listen to audiobooks too. Yeah, I feel like it gives me an adult conversation throughout my day with my toddler, <laughs> mm-hmm. where I'm having an adult thought, but I'm still home <laughs> having little kid conversation. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Okay, one more. Would you prefer morning or evening time? I mean, I'm more of a night owl. My daughter really wants me to be a morning person. <laughs> She's working. It's funny how kids are like that. Yeah. I I like mornings. I like sunsets. I like sun. I don't know. Why do I have to choose again? Jody. I'm sorry. Jody likes to stay up late and get up early. I don't I don't like to stay up late. Once the sun goes down, I'm good. I can get my jammies on and kind of clock out. But that means you're a morning person. Okay, then I'm a morning person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about you guys? Oh, I'm a night owl. I, I struggle. I would love to be a morning person, yeah. Um, and so I try to be. There takes it takes a lot of intentional discipline for me to not wander deep into the night. Mm. <laughs> I'm probably most productive in the morning, but I do a pretty good job of staying up late too. Why both? Yeah. Why not both? Why not both? <laughs> I mean, it's all about balance. Yeah. There you go. Some mornings are just rough, and you got to stay up late. There you go. Well, thank you, ladies, so much for joining us today. It's been so good to hear your hearts, just like Jody yes, said. Thank so, you. Thank you. Thanks so thank much you. for having us. Yeah, thank you very much. I really appreciate um, Christy and Mona coming in and sharing your mm-hmm. heart. I think it was very powerful. Yeah, as you can tell, it's really personal to them. Yeah. We were as we were talking to them afterwards, we learned that. Um, I mean, we know the need for foster care is so great. Um, and we'll share more details about that in the show notes, but they said that just in our county, of, in here in Pearland, Brazoria County, that there's 45 kids who are able to be adopted today. Right. Like there's no, like the parental rights, rights are terminated, mm-hmm. and those are 45 kids that are ready for a home. Yeah. Um, and Mona and Christy and their whole team at Fostering Hope do an amazing job of supporting and loving them, but really the goal of foster care is reunification and finding them a home to be loved and so since reunification isn't a goal for those 45 kids they need a home they need a forever home yeah so if you would like any more information make sure you check out our show notes and like always we would love it if you could rate and review our podcast or you can join us here on a sunday morning here in Pearland, texas or anytime online we would love to have you join us Thanks you guys for joining us today and we hope you have an amazing day. Bye.